Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. And we are inspired by the words of Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Welcome back to the Do Something Beautiful podcast, season two, episode eight. We are talking with Father Mike Schmitz. That's right, the Father Mike Schmitz. You probably are familiar with him. You've probably seen some of those little videos, what he likes to call them, little videos for Ascension Presents. He is a very active diocesan priest, actually. He's an ordinary priest. That's his words, not mine. He is currently at the University of Minnesota Duluth. He's also the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the diocese. Fantastic priest, wonderful man. I'm blessed to call him a friend, and I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say. He's got so many valuable golden nuggets. It's like, I just kind of let him keep talking because I just wanted to see all these things that he has to say. And if you've ever listened to a talk by him, and we've worked many conferences together, and I'm always in the back just taking notes, and I blame him for being not being as prepared as I should be sometimes because I'm usually listening to him taking notes rather than preparing my own talks, but he is so great. So we planned a 35-minute interview for this podcast, and we ended up speaking for two hours. Two hours. Now, don't worry. Don't freak out. I didn't give this in all two hours. I have now divided our conversation up into two episodes. Episode 8 and episode 9 will be featuring Father Mike Schmitz. So don't worry about that. But I can't wait for you to listen to the wonderful golden nuggets he has to say, especially towards the end of this particular episode here, episode 8. He really hit on something that I think we all can. Well, everything he says, we all can learn from, but there's a little golden nugget at the end that I, I really, that hit home for me. So anyways, without further ado, here is Father Mike Schmitz. Welcome back to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. We are in season two, episode eight, and today we are talking with Father Mike Schmitz. Now you might know Father Mike because, well, he's a little bit of everywhere, all over the interweb. <laughs> as people might call it. But he works, he does a lot of videos with Ascension Press, Ascension Presents. Is that right? Ascension? Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole, the umbrella company is called Ascension Press. Ascension Press. And the the web channel is Ascension Presents. Ascension Presents. You you got both right. So you do videos. So, hey, first off, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) So (laughs) So, isn't it kind of funny? Like, I always do this. I have to retake again and again when it's introducing myself. So like when it comes to the Ascension Presents stuff, I'm like the person who edits those videos every time I'm like, sorry, Matt, it seems Matt. I'm like, sorry, Matt, because I'm, I'm going to spend my extra bit and I, I mess it up three times and then I finally get it right. So this what? is Leah Darrow with Do Something Beautiful podcast, episode eight, season two. You, you said that so well. Well, I practice, you know, I, pra- I practice. Now listen, <laughs> you talk fast, though. Yes, I do. So like I can imagine... <laughs> I used to talk fast and then something happened throughout the years and then I stopped talking. So Did someone fast. tell you to slow down. <laughs> Lots of people told me to slow down. Yeah. I, people tell me to slow down too. I'm going to start listening to them. I think you should. Yeah. Well, sometimes here's the thing. The times when you talk really fast or when you're introducing yourself and it's amazing. <laughs> I actually go back and listen to it just because I'm in awe of the speed at which you can shovel out a sentence. I'm like, what is good? How does he do it? First off, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm also amazed. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, because you can't hear it or understand it, at least. Um, I had a person who said they were transcribing one of my homilies. They just, you know, said, we, I wanted to write it down. 
because they really pre whatever. I don't know why. But then they said that when I hit like page 12 and you were only halfway through, I thought that's physically impossible to say that many <laughs> words in that short of a time. And they did the calculations of it. And there was some kind of it was far too many words for a human being to have to actually use and think that anyone is going to remember or be able to pay attention to what they were saying. So I've been trying to slow down, but I get so ramped up and then I just I lose it. You get so, so excited. I totally get it. Sometimes yeah. it happens to me, too. Now, like just to, 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 to give people an example of how fast you can talk, why don't you just like do your, <laughs> do, do your normal Ascension Presents introduction? Because that's when you go the fastest. I think it's because you've said it so many times and you know your name, obviously, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. like do it for us in like in your normal fast way, just so people can well, hear and it. I, well, I think part of it, too, is because I'm like, I, it doesn't matter who I am, you know, kind of a thing. So like, let's let's just get into it. But I say, I, what do I say? Shoot. <laughs> um, you say I, something I, like, um, this is Ascension Presents. OK, do it again. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schwitz, and this is Ascension Presents. Right, exactly. Like, I'm like, what? I think you said hi. And yes. then there was Presents. Hello. My name <laughs> is Father Michael Schwitz. This is... Ascension presents, but it works for you. It works. People, <laughs> I'm like, gonna stop. I'm gonna change it. Oh, no, man. no, no, no. It totally works. And I tell you something though. People pay attention because they know they have to. Because if they blink, <laughs> they're gonna lose it. They're gonna lose the whole sentence, and they're not quite sure where it went. It's just fantastic. This is where I go always. Is that when I'm in a parish? So my students, they pretty much like get it, like in the sense that, like, yep, he talks quickly. And my thought is. When I hear someone speak slowly, I think I can finish your sentence for you. Just yep, get to it. Just, um, we get it. Just get to it. Get to, I, I know what you're going to say. And now I'm just waiting for you to finish as opposed to because your brain works so fast, right? Your brain, our brains work really quickly. And so my thought is, if I'm going to keep you engaged, I need to kind of keep going. So I don't think that's necessarily right, but that's how I think. Hey, it works. It definitely works. Okay, so you do these great videos, these vlogs. Is that, is that what you would call them? What do you guys call them over there at Ascension Presents? That's a great question because I don't, I think the technical term is technical term is vlog, but for whatever reason, that rubs me the wrong way because I think of iCarly or something like that. When, when, <laughs> iCarly? <laughs> iCarly. I, I don't know what it is. I think of like, I just, I don't know what I think of, but I think of like, hmm, I don't. A personal rant, I think, is what you think of. Yes, yes. That is beautiful. You should do something beautiful. That was something beautiful. You just did. No, and I totally personal. get you. I actually did the same thing. Whenever I hear the word blog, I think of somebody's personal rant, yeah. and it just somehow bothers me. And so on my wet website, where I actually blog, but I don't call it blogs, I call, <laughs> it, I call them articles. Articles. Yeah. Sounds way better. It does sound better, and it kind of. I'm hoping that it puts people in the in the mindset of that if yeah. they read it. And I might have a personal story that illustrates a point, but that's the point of why I'm writing it, and not just. So today, you know, friends, I'm feeling this way, and I'm thinking <laughs> that maybe. And I'm like, dear diary, dear exactly, dear diary. So I think a vlog because it has that blog uh, kind of portion of it. Kind of makes maybe makes you feel like, nah, that's not me. Yeah, what I call us uh, the. The little videos, little videos. Oh, I like, those, I like those little videos you do on the web. Thank you. I little like those vlogs. You know, little videos. Well, That's well, <laughs> Father Mike, this is one reason why you're not in marketing. So, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Little videos sounds so good. Lidios. Lidios. 
Lydia's. Now there. Now hold on. Yeah. You might be onto something at this point. Lydia's. I think I would Lydia's. do that. I, I, or or viditos. Vid- vidi- vid- little videos in Spanish, like you know, viditos. Yeah. Not. Now no, you've lost no, me though. Not as much. Okay, my, sorry. My mouth and my brain and my tongue is all like warped now at this point. Okay. So first, let me ask you a quick question. Just let me go back to the beginning. Your yes. name. Sorry. Yes. Your name. Do you prefer Mike or Michael? That is a great question. Well, I don't. It's you asked it really well. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't prefer either. My little sister always calls me Father Michael and her kids call me Uncle Father Mike. And I, and the other, the other siblings have their, my nieces and nephews just call me Uncle Mike. But that one strain of the family calls me Uncle Father Mike, which I think is absolutely adorable. And it's, yeah, it's just cutest thing. But my sister, Sarah, she always calls me Father Michael, not Father Mike. And I'm not sure why, but she does. And then my sister, Beth, just calls me Michael. And um, my mom calls me FM. Really? <laughs> well, in public, what happened was we host all these retreats at my parents' house or trainings for youth ministers at my parents' place. And so when I first got ordained, I was like, ah, you know, you guys don't have to call me, you know, Father Mike Warren private. But if there's people around, could you just to kind of because I'm only 28 right now, you know, right. this is when I first got ordained. And <laughs> if anyone gives has a reason, like an excuse to not just kind of like include the father part, they're going to take it. So like, ah, mom, could you do it? She's like, sure, no problem. But then so in public now, she just feels most comfortable calling me FM, which I really appreciate. That's so sweet. Yeah, because I, w- I would imagine there if, 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 if kids heard, you know, your mom just call you what she normally was calling you to Michael, they're like, yeah. hey, listen, your mom is doing it. So yeah, so like, hey, we're here at your place. So we just, hey, you know, whatever. So either Father Mike or Father Michael is great, but Father Mike's usually easiest to say. In fact, I sign, I, well, whenever I write, we've emailed each other. Yeah. Um, I always sign all lowercase, all one word, Father Mike. And that also goes back to when I was first ordained because there were a number of people who would say like, hey, Mike. And I'm like, ah, just think of like my name is just, my name is Father Mike. Just all one word, just Father Mike, as opposed to. Maybe that goes back to like your your speed of speech. You're just like, let's just might. run everything together as fast as possible. I think it might. And the lowercase <laughs> was like, oh, because I'm so humble. Um, <laughs> no, no, it was more like, it was honestly, it was more along the lines of like, I'm not trying to claim a title, but just it belongs to the church. And I was ordained. So we're just going to like, just do what the church does and call the priest father. It's okay. So. I like it. I think it's great. So it doesn't bother you. You you don't have one preference or another, no. Father Mike or Father Michael. I prefer Father Schmitz, please, if you don't mind. Father Schmitz. <laughs> I don't kidding. know why that makes me laugh. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know. Doesn't it kind of sound <laughs> so silly? I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm so not going to do that. I don't even care if you ask me. No, yeah, I don't. I don't care one way or another. Okay. But thanks for asking. <laughs> Now, let me ask you this. You are from a family. You're from a pretty large family. You've, you're have yeah. one of six. Is that correct? We are from the same number of children, we right? Are. <laughs> we are. We are. One of six as well, right? What number are you? I'm, I was just going to ask you this. So I'm number one. Oh, wow. What number are you? Four. Four. Of course yeah. you would be. So, well, so like you're yeah. like the peacemaker. <laughs> I believe. I believe that the middle child is the most well-adjusted child. Well, I'm just I don't know if it's true. That's what I believe. Well, because, so there's three and three, right? Uh, boys and girls. And it goes two girls, two boys. I'm that second boy, girl boy. And so I'm the, my older brother and I are both share the middle spot, right? Three and four. But since he's the oldest boy, I'm like the middle of the middle. You are and the middle I, of the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I've discovered is that 
all of these siblings above me, both the boy, the girls and the boy taught me a ton and like showed me like, hey, don't do this behavior. That's really dumb. This gets you in trouble. <laughs> and then I was able to pass it on to the younger sister and younger brother where it's like, oh, so one way to say it is like I was first nurtured and then I was able to nurture or I was first tortured and then I was able to torture. Right. And so I right in the middle there. I got to uh, most well adjusted. That's what I think. Well, I will say that the number four position in my family, that's my brother. Oh, that's my brother, Matthew. Um, nice. Yeah. And he is definitely the peacemaker and he is probably a little bit more adjusted in some areas. <laughs> not all. I mean, Matthew, not if all. you're listening, not, not all. Exactly. You're not perfect, Matthew. But, um, but yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, and I, I mean, me being the oldest, you know, I was, I definitely showed all my brothers and sisters how not to live your life, like the things <laughs> you shouldn't do. So in some ways I provided them a great service great yeah. of moral education of like, this is what happens when you don't listen to God. Um, <laughs> and they were able to hopefully not fall into the same traps that I fell into. So yeah, yeah. there's that. Now, it, what's funny too, is that we both come from six kids. There are three girls, three boys, and it's the same the same thing for me. It was two girls, two boys, and then boy and girl at the end. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's a great, I think it's a great lay, uh, br- breakdown, how to, to lay out, you know, if you go on a plan. Uh, it is. If you had to plan it out, <laughs> I would say definitely. Um, really, It really works. It really, really does. Yeah, it, it, it's fun. I love being from a big family, mm-hmm. though. So did you always love being from, big, from, from a big family? I think so. To be honest with you, I don't know if I would have like said, I love this, you know, at every moment, but it didn't necessarily bother me. I was always confused when people were really shocked about the size of our family. Mm -hmm. And then to be honest with you, and this is just my experience, these friends of mine in like high school or college sometimes, who would be just shocked that our family would have all of these kids. I would look at their homes and their lack of siblings at all, or just very, very few. And I just saw such emptiness. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, it might make me feel uncomfortable or confused as why you think we're crazy to have this many kids, but like, we're really happy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's really fun at my house, actually. One of the things I didn't like growing up about having a lot of people is that we, we made a scene wherever we went. I mean, it was, it, and yeah. also there's at least one side of the family that, uh, by, of my parents that is really loud and just like super, like we're here kind of a kind of people. And, and so <laughs> like some, this some of my siblings got that as well. So, or, so it was the fun we're here and everyone must be entertained by us in our hijinks. But then there's also the there was rarely with eight people total, there was rarely a time that we were in public when everyone was happy. Oh, yeah. And so at least someone is not being happy and cooperative and, you know, acting appropriately in public. Yes. And so like I was the one who's like, oh, my gosh, I just please just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop See, it. See, that's <laughs> exactly like my brother, Matthew. Yeah. That, number four. Yes. The number four is mm. just like, I think because you become so aware of the disparity between the ages too like you know and and i don't know how it was for you but there was quite a big age gap for me i'm the oldest and then 17 years later comes the youngest the very end yeah that's what it is for us too yeah and so like i think for my brother matthew which is you guys you and him are the same same spot in the family i think because there was such 
disparity in the ages, he was like looking and being like, oh my gosh, either one person's got their finger up the nose or the girls are just having like their fit being, you know, teenagers or something in their attitudes. So Matthew is always just like, oh, just everybody please be calm and behave. And he's actually probably one of the most well-behaved kids overall, which is kind of funny. I guess maybe he was just like trying to like set an example that nobody would follow. Right. No, that's it. That is that describes a lot of the ways I would see myself. No, I think I probably contributed to it a lot because one of the things is when you're super frustrated by everyone else not behaving well, but you don't know how to control that because you can't, then you become the problem. <laughs> so that was me. <laughs> and everyone's looking at me going, what's your problem? What's your deal? I'm like, my deal is you. My problem is you guys. <laughs> uh, why are you making a scene as I'm Get breaking down? Get your act together. <laughs> okay. So yes. like growing up, like what did you want to do when you were growing up or who did you want to be growing up? <laughs> so I honestly, this is Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So actually one of the questions you. I was going to ask you later, and I'll just ask you now because you've, you've opened up the whole can of worms here. <laughs> okay. If you could be anybody in the DC comics, who would you be? Oh man. See, that's really tough because that's really tough. I would, I mean, it comes down, I think in a lot of ways to the big two, it'd be great to have super speed, like the flash. It'd be awesome to have like the ring of, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Green Lantern. It'd be great to be Dick Grayson, who was Robin originally. And now is Nightwing because he just seems like he's like Batman, but he's well adjusted. Whereas, you know, sometimes Batman is just kind of like a little bit can't ever enjoy anything. But Dick Grayson seems like he's able to, but he's almost as smart as Batman. He's really talented, whatever. So there's like that kind of person. There's all those other people who could be great, but it's always, at least for me, it's always going to come down to either Superman or Batman. Okay. But if you had to pick one. I know. Just, yeah, don't. Just today. Just today. (laughs) Today. Only today. You could only be one of them today. And tomorrow you can be somebody different. Who would you be today? Uh, Well, then in that case, it'd be Superman because, I mean, can you imagine that just being able to do all of those things would be pretty To be able to fly just right then and there. Right there. It's just like out of all of it is, you know, amazing. Yeah. So I just I would have to say if I had to choose because it's because it's a choice between would you be invulnerable, super have super strength, be able to fly, be able to travel at the speed of light or virtually close to it versus be a really good martial artist who's smart, smart. Like, yeah, I'll fly. (laughs) (laughs) So Superman, Superman. Okay, All right. And then so so you wanted to be but growing up, you wanted to be Batman. Yeah. So because that's possible. I mean, in a quote unquote possible. So but <laughs> but what it was, was the sense of like, I would love to be able to have these skills. And there's something about this that like, I would love to be able to know these different languages. And so there's various times in my life where the kind of the heroes that I looked to, because I'm all about heroes, like, in the sense that all the stories and all the movies that I liked growing up, all center around, here's this figure who just does what's right and helps other people. So, I mean, there are various times when I got into like Indiana Jones and thinking, okay, here's this guy who knows all of these different languages. So is Batman, by the way, and can speak all these different languages, can read all these different languages and can communicate with so many different cultures like that'd be incredible to be able to do. So like Batman, I would love the his intelligence, his ability, you know, martial arts skills and whatnot. But ultimately, what it comes down to is I love that he helped people, that he stopped evil from happening and that he did the right thing. And so it translated from, okay, here's Batman to the, the next couple of jobs. Like, well, I can't do that. I'm like, I, I'm smart enough to realize I can't actually be Batman. So I don't know if I want to be a police officer, but I did think of special forces. And of course I didn't enter. My brother did. 
but uh, another but commonality my husband is also special forces so that's yep. kind of cool yeah i know leah seriously we're almost i know I think we're really close to siblings i know we are <laughs> seriously i think we i do every time i see you and hang out with you i always think like you know i know you priest first but i'm like that could be like my big brother <laughs> or my younger brother because i could definitely boss you around being the oldest of six because you're the oldest learned exactly and i'm like and oh I'm, my gosh i'm so accustomed close. to taking orders so <laughs> it would totally I'm so, hurt. I'm so happy the relationship <laughs> is solidified you are now yeah. the younger brother to me i'm a little I, I will say this i'm the little brother who's older i'll say that no that doesn't make any sense never mind i'll be the younger brother <laughs> um <laughs> so goes from like i'll be in the military that was the thing like that that's right. what i'm gonna do and I'll be a Green Beret. That was going to be the goal because I didn't know of any other people that Green Beret is the, is the way to go. There's a movie about it with uh, John Wayne, like this super cool. Which and one is that? I'll, it's called The Green Berets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How could I this forget? This whole song? Yes, 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 yes. Of course. Of course. My Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Yep. Yes. I. We have. Let me tell you something. We have the album cover and the record of that song displayed in our home. That's awesome. Yes. I recorded it somehow. Like, you know, back back in the day when I had like high speed dubbing on a dual yes. cassette tape player and I found it somehow or maybe it was playing on the radio and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I hit record. And because that's how I got songs as I something would play. I'm like, oh, I'll be sitting next to the little boom box. And when a good song would come on, hit record. And I had that song and listened to it all the time, even though it's not like a it's not a great song. No, the, the just, end is very sad. I mean, you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is terrible. But it just captured like, I, yeah, I want to do that. I want to jump out of planes and I want to help people. Yeah. And so it went from that to, I wanted to be Mitch Buchanan. What? Mitch Buchanan of Baywatch fame. Oh my gosh. I was like, well, I'll be a lifeguard. <laughs> so you, you went from Green Beret to, you know what? I know what's next, lifeguard. I thought every day. <laughs> Every day they're spotting people out in the ocean. They jump in, they run to the water, dive in, save lives. I'm like, that's it. That's I, I'm a, I was a swimmer and a runner. So I was like, oh, then I'll, I'll run and then jump in and I'll have a killer tan. So, you know, save lives, look cool. Um, so those are like that just encapsulates Green Beret and Life Garden one. Just there you, know. there you go. <laughs> it's, it basically it's Batman. I don't know what to tell you. Right. If Batman could. <laughs> Uh, in the other profession, he would be a combination of a Green Beret with a lifeguard. Yeah. So then it moved from that to then I was like, you know what I could do? I could be a lifeguard in the summer months. And then in the winter months, I will go to Vail or Beaver Creek and I'll be a Nordic ski instructor during the day and play guitar and sing in bars at night. That was the the next kind of iteration of like, yeah, it'd be cool. Just be outside all the time, teach people how to ski, entertain them at night. That'd be great. So, like, you had plans and dreams to be a hipster before even hipsters knew that they were hipsters. It's so, yeah, I can't even, <laughs> I don't even know what they call that, but yeah. <laughs> but no, that was a ski bum. I think they used to call it ski bums. I know people who did that. That's the thing is, like, uh, I have some family friends who were like, no, that was their life. That's what they would do. I'm like, that's so cool. But then I always come back to, I don't think that's really living. I mean, ultimately, even as in high school, I would think, Okay, that's that's cool, but it's not like you're doing kind of cool things, but you're not living greatness. And I wouldn't have said it like that, but I would have known that, you know, it's compromising from, I guess, Batman to Green Beret to lifeguard to 
okay, you teach skiing and sing. Not that any of those things are wrong. They're all fine things to do. But I knew that like, but that's, that's not enough. And so that's when I was 15 or 16. I thought uh, it was when I first met Jesus and in a way that really changed my life. And one of my immediate thoughts after that was, God, do you want me to be, God, do you want me to be a priest? And so I wrestled with that for the next X number of years. But I always knew that from that moment, like, I can't just, I, whatever I do, it has to be for him. Like that was, that was just absolutely clear. Now I still wanted to do some of those other fun things, but I knew that whatever I do has to be for him after that. So that type of, you had mentioned that, you know, these were all doing cool things, but they weren't inspiring or, or lifting your soul for that greatness that you've been made for with God in so many words, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you think when you said you met Jesus at 15 or 16 and went at the local coffee shop when you guys said, <laughs> yeah, he was hanging out. He was like the table next to me. Right. I'm like, it did look familiar. I think I saw you on a painting somewhere. Right. You're talking about <laughs> Jesus and he's like, Hey, what's going on? I just popped in. So, I mean, but when you had that encounter with the Lord and then that was like an, an, an idea in a sense popped into your head of like, well, I don't know. What about priests? And you want me to be a priest? I mean, did you think that being a priest would fill you in a way that those other ideas that you had mentioned prior would not? Or did you, uh, or, or do you think priest is one of those cool things to do, but it wouldn't bring you to that greatness with the Lord? Yeah, no, I, I think there's a mix in there because I read the stories after that, I read the stories of the saints and they really captivated me too. And I'm thinking, man, that's it. Like, be a saint. They're like God's superheroes. Not in this, I guess there probably is a, a shallow part of there that's like, oh, I want to be great like that. But there's another piece that, you know, I remember, and, I, and this isn't to, to uh, be neg negative about anyone around me, because it probably reflects my own inability to recognize this. But I remember when I first encountered Jesus and I realized, oh, my gosh, all of this is true. Like everything they're telling us, you got mass, like that's really him in the Eucharist. And he's really forgives in confession and he really guides the church. Like it, I, got that, I got that from books. I mean, first, of course, I got it from I went to Catholic elementary school and was going to religious ed on Wednesday nights. And my family's Catholic and my my parents act as if God is real on a regular basis, you know, but they didn't. It wasn't like they wouldn't say, let's lead everyone in the family prayer. Let's talk about scripture. It was more like, you know, scrambling to stay alive. <laughs> <in life. laughs> yes. And so I know my mom would always pray the rosary every night because I would, you know, walk into a room and then she's sitting up praying the rosary. And I know my dad took it seriously because, I mean, you could tell it guided his, that the Lord guided his life. But when I came to know that Jesus is real, the Catholic Church is telling the truth. And I got that from books. I remember kind of the ideas and looking up and looking around saying, well, who's doing this? Like, who's living this way? And I kind of, you know how you discount your family? And because you're like, well, that's my family. They're just kind of like, right. I see all their, all their flaws. And so I'm not going to, they're not really doing this. There's the religious ed teachers who I know are like giving people and kind people and wanting to help, but I'm not captivated by them. Here's my parish priest who I look back now and I know him because we're, you know, brothers in, in orders now and go, oh my gosh, he, what a guy, he's amazing. But then I looked up going like, I don't know where to look to see this in my life for real. Like, I don't know who's really doing this. And so I kind of felt adrift in that sense of, I read these stories of saints who seem to be doing I mean, they're living for Jesus so incredibly. Their lives are great. But when I see people walking with Jesus around me, I guess as best that I can see, it doesn't seem great. It just seems kind of meh. And that kind of held me up a little bit. Yeah. I, well, you know what? And it kind of reminds me of something that you actually wrote on 
your website or the University of Minnesota Duluth website that kind of introduces you because you do most of, or I guess, would you do, I guess you do most of your work there at the, yeah. at the college, at the university. Yeah, yeah um, I'm the chaplain at the University of Minnesota Duluth. And so, but you had wrote there, I actually wrote it down. It's it's a quote that I have that me myself that I'm inspired by that, that, that you said, you said too, too many people live too small of a story. And I mean, could you talk about that? Because I, I think that's for me from like listening to what you're saying about your own story and your own life of coming into like what Christ was calling you to from the very beginning. And then you trying to have that journey of trying to see it in others and some mm-hmm. successful, sometimes unsuccessful, just because of what, whatever reason. But that seems to be something really typical for a lot of us that we're just, we're not sure what we're doing. And yeah. we're just kind of looking for inspiration or looking for other people who are, who might be doing and living their life differently because of Christ and to be inspired so that we could also do the same. And like you said, too many people live too small of a story. Like what is, what does that mean to you? Well, I think part of it is, is that is here's a great, a great idea. Here's a, a great idea could be to spend your life. You just kind of like, I want to teach people how to ski and I want to uh, sing in a band. Or, you know, my, my idea is I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going to get this job wherever I can. And I'm an engineering student, so I'm going to get an engineering job and then I'm going to get a spouse and then we're going to have a family. Then we're going to kind of raise our family here in wherever the town is, small town, big town, big city, what does it matter? As if that's all. And we're, we're going to go to church. It's going to be good. We're going to go to church. As opposed to that recognition that if even if a person did those exact same things, I'm an engineer engineering student. I got an engineering job. I get married. I have a family and I'm living in wherever. There is a massive difference between, yeah, it's just kind of life in America. And every day I get up and I say, Jesus, where do you want to go today? Where do you want me to, to uh, live today? God, how do, you want, how do you want me to live today? And to actually to walk in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can still do all of those things, but there's something that I think we just kind of settle into and have this kind of version of American Christianity that can look a little bit like real Christianity, but at the same time, it doesn't have at the heart of Jesus and the heart of Jesus being the Holy Spirit, which is just like, no, wherever you want me to do, God, I will do it. I don't know. Does that make sense? I, it's, yeah, I, I, mean, I, 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 think, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, maybe I don't know if you struggled with this. I know I have from time to time, and I think a lot of people do, at least from what they share with me, either meet whenever I meet people, whenever I'm out speaking or the emails that I receive from people. But this frustration and trying to get out of, and hopefully it's more of a realization of this stagnant spirituality of yeah. like, I feel like I'm doing everything I should be doing, but I, in my heart, in my gut, you know, I don't feel like I'm making any progress. And you kind of re- realize that you probably aren't. Yeah. And maybe you're just keeping yourself busy with the going through the motions of your vocation and, and you're not doing anything wrong. I like you're not like sinning or, you know, yeah. but you're just not living in a place and a moment of allowing the Holy Spirit and Christ to come into your life and really to to move you through your day and through your vocation and to live generously in that. And we can kind of want to we, I think I think sometimes we want to box in our life, our day mm-hmm. or our vocation, whatever it might be. So I know I, I had the same thing. Like I was coming out of college and I was like, or coming out of my conversion, excuse me. And after that moment, I just thought, okay, now that I've met the Lord and I can clearly see that my life is way <laughs> off track, like let, this is what I have to do. 
Number one, stop sinning. Number two, go home. Number three, just uh, find a great guy, get married, have some kids. I'll be the mom that wears the Christmas sweaters and vests and I'll bake the cookies and I will do the thing and I will go to church and I will tell my kids about Jesus. And I guess it's all going to be okay if I just do those things. Mm -hmm. And I really felt like, especially after my, my conversion, that that's like, I just had to do stuff to keep myself on track rather than Leah, you need to, Leah, you need to let God love you. Leah, Mm -hmm. you need to let God heal you. And you need to just allow the process to happen because it's going to be uncomfortable, but God works in that process. Yeah. And I think that that's really beautiful because I guess one of the things that I wouldn't want to, to imply is that a person who gets their degree, gets a job, gets married, has children, lives a quiet life, that like you're missing something because the externals can be the same. But there's this internal dynamic, and you're pointing that out as well, of saying like, actually, am I living this with Jesus in the sense that not just like I'm showing up and going, saying my prayers, but am I letting God love me in this? Am I letting his Holy Spirit guide me in this? And there's there's this there's this powerful thing that happens when we realize that actually I'm part of a bigger story, that even if nobody knows about my life, that my life matters. And that's the kind of the thing is like, I think a lot of us, particularly like maybe in a celebrity culture or maybe in like in an Internet or like, you know, social media type culture where you can see people's lives on display. You think, oh, my gosh, they're going off to Cabo or they're going off to wherever and they're doing these incredible things. Someone's on stage. And so people I imagine come up to you like they come up to me and say, how do I get to do what you're doing? Uh-huh. And <laughs> which, is a, which is a frustrating question because for myself and I think for you, too, it's like I didn't actually seek it. People just started asking and and the first people to ask were like my local church. They said, would you help out this way? I'm like, oh, sure, I guess I can. And then it was the school said, hey, could you help out here? I'm like, I guess I can. And the key there is, OK, I guess I'm just going to help because the Lord is calling me to just to be his. So here I am trying to be his. Right. As opposed to like seeking something. Because, again, this idea that, oh, okay, so a life bigger than you're living now is a life where people know what you who you are and what you're doing. And like, no, 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 not, not that it's a life bigger is I'm part of a bigger story. And the first message in that bigger story is the author knows my name and loves me with this unstoppable love. Oh, I just love him. Isn't he great? So many words of wisdom from Father Mike Schmitz. Thank you for listening to episode eight here of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. Don't worry. Father Mike comes back in episode nine. We finish out the conversation and he's got much more to offer us in terms of inspiration. Thank you for all the people who've given me a great five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Seriously, thank you. Thank you for that. That helps the podcast become more visible. And so if you want people to be inspired by the guests that I have and people like Father Mike Schmitz, please go on iTunes and give me those five stars and that rating so that people can be inspired. And remember, whatever you do, make sure you're doing something beautiful for the Lord. God bless. God love you. And we'll talk to you later. 